But we're back, and uh, it's been it's been some time, hasn't it? Hasn't it? When was the last time um, you and I did an episode? It was before I came to visit, right? Yeah. Before Kayla's wedding. It ago. So it's been like probably a month. It's probably been like a month or maybe even a little over a month since we recorded an episode. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been... Wow. To rob. As the saying goes, it's been a minute, but it's, it's kind of an odd saying, though, isn't it? I mean, it's been a minute, and I, I feel that... it's been a lot of minutes. <laughs> what is really the biggest issue here is that we've just robbed so many people of deep theological truths that they could have been having just spoon-fed to them nicely by the two of us, as we do every week on this podcast. So... They're really missing out Weeks without the episodes I know people are just People have started questioning their faith Ever since we stopped recording And we're really the corner The anchor to a lot of people (laughs) Tying them down But um Boy wow Okay well where do you want to How do you want to start this Where do you want to hop in Because I think we're going to pick up For the people that haven't listened Last week's episode We talked about fasting We started getting into the topic of feasting and fasting and all that good stuff. And I think we're going to, the plan is to kind of continue that conversation uh, and also into a few other things that go hand in hand with it. So I'm going to let you just kind of, I don't know where you want to start us off with this one and, and how you want to jump into this conversation. but Well, we can kind of intro it a bit because it, it's, it's a little bit of a heavy subject. You know, and it can sort of branch off into a number of different things. Like, one, is it an ordinance for the church? Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing, which some have held. And so, you know, there's a lot of... When you say ordinance, you mean? All right, so... Protestants historically have recognized that there are what we call two ordinances. Baptism... And the Lord's Supper or communion. The Roman Catholic Church, they recognize seven, but they don't call them ordinances. They call them sacraments. Mm, yeah, and I've heard that. So the, the reason why Protestants, for many of them, there are some that don't use the word ordinance. They use sacrament, but for the reason why most Protestants have moved away from using the term sacrament was that it developed this idea that so when you partake of say the Lord's Supper or baptism that there is an imparting of God's grace to you through that Mm. as opposed to how we would understand it biblically is that it's merely you know baptism and communion or the Lord's Supper are merely just outward rites that have been prescribed to the church that we are supposed to partake of. Um, and they symbolize a spiritual reality, but they don't impart anything such as the grace of God and so on. So for that reason, typically in Protestant churches, and I'm using that with a very broad, uh, a broad reference that they would prefer the word ordinance so that there isn't any kind of, misunderstanding that these things are conferring anything upon anyone. Mm. So 
there's that aspect to it. So it's like, okay, so Christ has given instructions to the church, say Matthew 28, right? Make disciples of all the nations, teaching them, right, and baptizing them. So it's a command. We're told to go do this. And we see that as a practice in the early church. Even from John the Baptist, as he prepared for the coming of the Messiah, he was baptizing people in the Jordan River as they were confessing their sins. And it has been a part of the life of the church, and it's a commanded part. So it's something that we're supposed to do. Um, Same thing with communion, our Lord's Supper. It's given to us by way of command. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 11, right? This I've received from the Lord. We know that he instituted it the night when he had taken the Passover with the disciples prior to his crucifixion and that. So that has been passed on to the church. Do this until I, right, come again. Yeah, yeah. So those two things are clearly been commanded, but some have suggested that fasting is also an ordinance of the church, something that's been commanded for us as Christians to partake of. Um, but that isn't necessarily so. I don't, I don't hold that view. But I do think that it's something that should be practiced in a part of our life as believers. Mm. But we're not given direct commands like the others that we're supposed to do this. So there's that part of it, trying to figure out, okay, you know, is this a must or is this something that is left to me to do, albeit something that's very good and healthy for us spiritually, but is it something that I must do? So okay. that's that's sort of a side trail that one can be led down in dealing with this, right? Is do we add this to, because then it's like, well, then do you do like foot washing? Should that be? And there are some churches who think that that's also an ordinance, you know, that we're supposed to be washing each other's feet in that. So, so wait, 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 wait. So then say, <laughs> hold on, hold on. So then say they do believe that. What do they do? Is it every week? Everyone takes turns washing their neighbor's feet every time? However they do it. I mean, it can differ just like with communion, the frequency of. I'm already not a big fan of the that. whole turn and mingle with all your neighbors business. As much as I should be, I should be more of a fan. It's just sometimes it's uncomfortable yeah. when it's like a new place. I don't know these people, and um, um, which is which is an own my own issue. I should probably get over, you know, and realize that these are this is family. This aren't just strangers that I don't know. I mean, they're family that I don't know, but still. Um, well, there's there's two things to it, though, because you can look at, say, Peter, who was there when it happened, right? When Christ washed the disciples' feet, John 13, right? And he misunderstood what was happening, and so Christ laid it out clear for him. But he gained the understanding of that, and we read it in First Peter 5 when he talks about girding yourself with humility right tie on the apron of a slave so as he talks about humility and how we're supposed to treat each other in the body of christ he picked up the lesson that christ was teaching and said okay this is what we're supposed to do with it so you don't see anywhere in his writing though where he advocates or commands the church that we need to be actually doing the physical act of washing people's feet Mm. however However, sometimes, like I did that, we were at a at a, a college retreat at the river, and so we're you know hanging out in the water all day, but we're walking around on the dirt and stuff around the riverbanks and so on, 
with thongs on, without thongs on. Our feet were nasty the Sunday, the and, last hold on, day hold we, on. we were there. And, and for the people at home, when he says that, he means flip-flops. Yes. Flip-flops. Because no one else Sorry. have I ever met calls it that except for you. I don't think I've ever heard another well, person call flip-flops thongs. It's back in the day, man. Back in the day. So we do that. We walk around. And so then that Sunday, the last day we were there, we went around and washed the person's feet to the right of us. And just mm. went around the circle. So you can imagine how nasty everyone's feet are by this time. And it was a good visual lesson of humility and, you know, the the sort of the depths that we're to go to mm. in serving others. The, you know. So I wouldn't say it's an ordinance because there's nowhere in, in the New Testament that indicates that whatsoever. You'd see it carried over in the epistles or something i.e. the letters for those who don't want to use the other term but yeah I, I there's a place i think but it's not something that's necessary well it looks like the ordinance is just service and to be willing to do as lowly of a task as wash someone's dirty feet which thankfully Thanks to modern technology. Now, some people say unthankfully because they say that shoes have ruined us and our, our ability to walk <laughs> properly and stand properly. And you know what? The more that my knees just like ache and pain, I think they're right. I think I do stand and walk improperly, but I don't need anyone to wash my feet. I would actually prefer it if the people sitting next to me at church didn't just start washing my feet randomly. <laughs> yeah. but, but if I think, I guess, I would assume that what you're saying then is the message is just being open to serve in any way that anyone could possibly need because he doesn't make it specific to, to the act of. Yeah, and you don't, like I say, you don't see it commanded further, but it's interesting in First Timothy you have the widows and Paul saying what widows should be put on the list for care from the church, and it was those who didn't have family members to help care for them. The church then was as a family to come alongside and help care for them. But one of the things that he mentions there are those who, you know, wash other people's feet. So in those days, yeah, if they, they would meet in houses and people are walking from wherever and they would get there, you know, we have people, they come over to our house, they take their shoes off of the front door. Well, there, those times, because they wore sandals, they would wash the people's feet as they would come in the door. That was usually something for uh, a slave to do, something that was very mm -hmm. menial and so yeah. on. Mm. So, you know, obviously in the early church, they were doing that as a part of people coming in and worshiping, and there were widows who were doing that for the saints as they would come and partake of worship. But at the same time, it's nowhere commanded that it's to be something ongoing and carried on for the body to do but at the same time i'm saying there's some benefit to it but i wouldn't command it and i wouldn't say it's an obligation so then with that being said delay the found the beginning foundation before we step to the next thing what you're saying is that you don't believe that fasting is an ordinance that has been commanded um more it's a thing that is a spiritual discipline that is kind of I guess if you don't believe it's been commanded, what, what what would you say that fasting is? Well, but you have to, so we'll, we'll walk through this and talk about it. But, you know, when Christ in Matthew 6, 16, right, I gave you that some 
introductory notes, yes. thoughts yeah. about it, right? But when he talks about it, he says, when you fast, right? Yeah. Do not look sober as hypocrites do and so on. So he is assuming that they're going to continue to do this. And when he also addresses the issue when the Pharisees come, right, and they say, well, our disciples fast, John's disciples fast, but your disciples don't fast. Why is that? And he says, because the bridegroom is still with them. This isn't a time for fasting. It's a time for feasting, celebration. But there will come a time for fasting. So he indicated even in that that there would be a time when they would fast. And so he doesn't necessarily command it, but he acknowledges it as something that would be practiced. And I think that should be practiced as a part of our life, but not, again, an ordinance or something that, that's commanded for us. So, so then, if that being the case is something that should be practiced, but it is not a command, then say someone who's standing on the outskirts who is there they haven't maybe taken on the fasting and they don't know what the purpose of choosing to do something like that would be. Uh, could you possibly lay that out? What, are, what, what would be the, 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 not just the reasons of which I guess, but well, yeah, I guess what, what would be the motivation for somebody to choose to do something like that? Well, you know, if you look at the at the biblical record, just even going back to the Old Testament, right? Just looking at when fasting is mentioned and in the context of, like, you know, what was what was the what was going on in say someone's life and why did they fast at this particular point in their life? What was the purpose behind it? There's much that can be gleaned from that. One is that we find that when you read through a lot of these passages dealing with fasting, we find them in contexts of prayer. We find that with Christ when he instructs the disciples in the New Testament, right? Because in Matthew, he goes from talking about fasting then to prayer and then to giving. So it's an interesting connection. As you read through Scripture, you see that it's connected with, with prayer. And there's different aspects then in which we can see it go back to say David right when he committed sin with Bathsheba and his child died up until then he fasted right prayed but then when the child died then he cleaned himself and he ended his fast we see it oftentimes in contexts where there is grieving over one's sin mm. and so in that sense you know yeah fasting is is a good thing in the sense of, you know, it can be used as a part of your process of, of grieving over sin in your life, right? Maybe you're trying to overcome something in your life, some sin in your life, and you want victory over that, then it might be a time in which you might fast. Well, and Esther, <clears throat> to, to speak on that when, specific example of that, at least from what I can pick up, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... The reason one maybe would fast, not only just as a as a sign, like a an outward showing to the Lord of how serious this matter is and how much how devastated you are because of the sin you've committed. Not that every time you sin, you should just immediately fast, but yeah, depending on the sin, depending on why you're doing it, there's definitely there have been times where. Uh, 
not to speak on because it's such a weird thing with fasting because you're not supposed to talk about it but like you also kind of want to just like to at least from my own experience one of the few times i've ever fasted was because of that i didn't plan on fasting but it was just like i had a weekend where i was just like oh this is not like that was not my best showing and going yeah. into the beginning of this week i don't feel good about where i'm at right now i feel distant from god i feel like i have pulled myself away and i'm still in this mentality of just like I just want to do what I want to do and I don't want to be told otherwise. And it felt like so difficult. It's like, this is going to be a difficult thing for me to overcome and like to, to get my head out of this place. Cause I've kind of locked myself into this mindset. And so I felt kind of compelled at that point to like, you know, maybe this is the moment when I should implement something like a fast for even for the day yeah. and just step away. Cause I was like, I feel too, too like, all of the things in my life, whether it, even if my issue wasn't with my, I think it was just a, like just an overindulgence in everything that I had. And I was like, I feel so clouded by everything that's material and physical in my day to day. And I've let them start to take too much of a priority and too much of a focus in my life that it's like, I need to just remove all these things at least for a day and just focus on trying to just get my head right get my walk yeah. with the Lord right, talk to him, get back on level ground where, okay, him and I are good. I've talked through this with him. I feel like I have been renewed, refreshed. I, I can start tomorrow at a better place than I woke up today. And that felt like super, it was just, it was so helpful. It was, it definitely was difficult, but the, the, the help to be able to just physically let go of everything else. And especially because those were the things that felt like, now it's like, okay, so now you're trying to get your head right mentally, but you're also still allowing all these things that kind of pulled you away from what the right course was anyways. And it's like, you should probably just remove all these things until you have been able to work through this issue. And so that kind of seemed like, at least from the outside looking in, when it comes for a sin issue that maybe you want to grieve, that it's especially when those things are the things that are getting in your way they're clouding your vision they're overshadowing what the main focus is that you need to be and so it's like a great reset of like i need to just let go of all these things for a day two days three days a week whatever you need you know and then just completely let go like the quote we said last podcast that you had sent to me which was um with prayer prayer is the one hand that we reach for the spiritual and then fasting is the other hand that we let go of the physical so it's like yeah. that trying to just detach yourself from the physical world that pulls you down and keeps you tied down to the world and so that you can fully reach up and pull yourself into the spiritual a bit more, which, um, not to get too ahead of myself, I guess, but I heard something today. I was I was listening to a book. It was like a composition of a bunch of A.W. Tozer stuff, and he was talking about praying and um, how prayer is basically a ladder that of which we can ascend to God and he can descend to us and we can have this yeah. meeting in the middle basically or whatever. And so it's kind of like the you're with through prayer, you're trying to ascend the ladder to draw closer. And that fasting is just to let go of the earth below you so that you can just fully just leave everything back down on the ground and just move up and move to the spirit focus on the spiritual and just completely detach from the physical. Yeah. But that's the beauty, I think, of how Christ dealt with it, because he doesn't dismiss it. 
he he affirms it and yet at the same time he he sets a great perspective on it because things like that can become so ritualistic for us mm. that we miss the deep significance of it mm. and the, the deep benefit that can come from it. We do that with the Lord's Supper and so on. Sometimes it's like now you have churches that where they just put the the wafers or whatever they use and, you know, cups of juice out and they just leave them up front and tell everyone, okay, just go ahead and partake on your way out the door. Like no significance, no time of reflection, none of that. It's like, so you're just doing it and then you're out the door on with the rest of your week. And it's like, what is that? But that's what we do with this stuff. And so the way that Christ dealt with it was that he acknowledged the significance of it and that and affirmed that. But at the same time, it wasn't to become something that was just completely ritualistic that we just sort of put on our schedule because then you would miss the personal element of it in your walk with God. If this is, as you described it, it's your response to your relationship with the Lord to whatever degree it is. It can be, you know, good, bad, but yet it's just you desiring that intimacy and, and a desire to draw near to him and, that's really what it ought to be. And when you realize then that he's also speaking of this for those who were steeped in Judaism and the ritualisticness of everything, even the Sabbath and what they made of it, and they turn it into something that God never intended for it to be, him knowing man in his heart, right? that he knew that he would also pollute this as well. Mm. But it does make it hard because it is that thing that is to be private and intimate between ourselves and God. This is why you clean your face and don't show, you know, you're walking around don't be huffing with a frown and puffing and, and, and just like, oh. right? Yeah, because it wasn't meant to be, you know, displayed for everybody else. And so I think that's part of the reason why people don't talk about it. That's one reason. The other is that I think that there's probably quite a few in the church or a, a good many that don't understand what fasting is and the significance of it. And therefore they don't realize that it can have an important place in their relationship with the Lord. And they just sort of completely dismiss it all together, which I think is unfortunate. Well, but, uh, you then, know, my other question then is something that you said is what it seems like is that one key reason for choosing to fast is to draw closer to the Lord for whatever reason, either yeah. because you're really trying to be in tune because you, you, you maybe have a big decision coming up and you really just want to leave all distractions at the wayside, everything else about life that you usually can get consumed with, like, what am I going to eat later? What am I going to do this later? What am I going to do that? Like, just put all that completed to the side. Just where here, I'm here at the Lord's feet. I just want to sit here and, and see what you have to tell me and what I should do next. Or if it's or if it's for the example I gave with mourning over sin and wanting to leave the things to the side that were possibly stumbling blocks or just extra Think just extra things that could possibly cloud your vision when you're trying to focus on getting your head back to where it should be and your heart back to where it should be. Yeah. So then, if it is spiritually to draw nearer to God, what exactly does that statement mean? And are we causing God to 
treat us different, look at us different. Uh, no, like. it's it, it's about our hearts and that, and and really it is as as you said, right? You're letting go of things that that we cling to in the world, and really in reality, it's it's desiring to remove any kind of idols that you may have in your heart mm. that might be hindering mm. your nearness to God. God's mm. always near us. The problem isn't him moving away yeah. from us. It's us moving away from him. from him. And so in drawing near to him, we oftentimes need to just right disconnect from and take a closer look at <clears throat> where we're at spiritually and what are the idols that we have in his place. Because well, that that's will why always I, affect us. I know that biblically they focus on wa- food and drink, like food and water, and like I know that they say in some parts that I, I was reading through the notes you were sent, you sent me over. And one guy was talking about how some people don't fast because like, like um, health reasons, like maybe they're barely getting yeah. by health wise. So like it would be very unsafe for them to fast food or water or anything like that. And it's like, well, that's that may be true, but there, I mean, I think there are plenty of things. That maybe the Bible doesn't, and maybe the Bible does. I just didn't, I hadn't seen any of those in any of the notes you sent me over address anything else. But I'm sure you're going to fast. Like, say, say you just love playing video games and you come home and you play video games yeah. after work or something like that. And say that, you know, maybe video games didn't send you to abolish out of your life, but maybe you've just, you've let it consume you a little too much. And you've, you've set other responsibilities to the wayside. You're pushing off things you know are important. You're not spending time with the Lord. You're just putting all your time here. And it's like, okay, maybe you want to reset. And you're like, I need to, I can't have this for the next week. And I just need to, every time that I would come home and play games, I am going to just spend it just in prayer in the word and just use that time for that to just draw back closer. Which, because yeah. idols can come in so many shapes and forms and it's so different for every person. And, and that, so that would kind of, would you maybe say that, that, yeah, so that's if you're, a good place to start is knowing what your potential idol is that you should be surrendering up. Yeah, and realizing that what the what the important important thing is is the principle behind the practice, right? What was the principle of it? And it, so it doesn't have to be limited to to food and drink, but those are are things that have a tendency that we are driven by. I have to have this. I have to oh, yeah. have that. It's, oh, yeah. it's something, right? And so you go to, to Philippians 3 when Paul talks about the fact that he said there are those who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, literally is their belly, mm-hmm. right? Their God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. And then he goes on to say, for our citizenship is in heaven. So yeah, I mean it's just a, it's a it's one of those very tangible real like hit us where we're at kind of things food and drink obviously because we need these to survive. But yeah. we need to know that we need more than just bread, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's why it's often presented like that and that's usually where we go with it, but at the same time the principle, right, is to set aside or set yourself aside from all those things that might be that right that you just say i have to have and have to do and that become those objects of because the truth of it is i mean it comes down to issue of worship at at the heart of it too because whatever you behold you become Mm. Mm. and so so often with these idols right 
it's what we behold therefore we become and we get we're, we're driven by that we find our identity in that and well, sometimes even we need it's, to just stop and pull back and and maybe you're you might look at that and be like okay well take food for example and you're like okay well i don't really have any like overwhelming issues with food i mean i do need to eat to get by like that is a part of how we're designed we we need to eat we need to eat we need to drink water um but especially living in this country that we live in living in america and most of the western world and um comfort is so it's people believe that they're owed comfort that life should be comfortable that everything should be comfortable everything should be as i would want it to be you know and why would i not want to strive to attain a comfortable life you know which comfort is great comfort is a beautiful thing that we've been blessed with but at the same time growth and change and the things that christ is going to call you to and the kinds of the kinds of Thoughts you're going to have to think, the kinds of actions you're then going to have to take based off of those thoughts that you've been thinking over are all going to feel uncomfortable, whether emotionally, mentally, physically. And so I can also see where just the practice of taking the taking food out of your life for a day, even if food is maybe not your idol and maybe not the main thing that's getting in your way, but to be okay with being uncomfortable with being unphysically satisfied or whatever and being able to just neglect that and say no even in spite of the fact i am still going to and then also that's where that whole like not only just clean your face but like if you're just gonna fast food not fast food but if you're gonna fast from food and then just be grumpy because you're hungry. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. It kind of also defeats the first, like, you can't just be on edge. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm now not only going to give up the physical, but now I'm going to still strive to walk the way I'm supposed to walk in the midst of being uncomfortable. And walking that yeah. walk is already uncomfortable. And then you put another physical burden on top of it, which might seem like, why would I do this to myself unnecessarily? But life is going to do that for you. And odds are, if you're not ready and you're not used to being uncomfortable, you are going to buckle pretty quickly. Because you're like, I don't, well, I, I don't like this. Yeah. I wasn't ready for this. And in the big picture, right, if you're working towards abstaining from things that you need to abstain from completely, not just merely fast, but yeah, yeah. abstain from them, putting yourself in that position of, you know taking that extra painful aspect on by depriving of yourself on top of and still trying to walk out the walk. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good preparation for that, but it is, I mean, this is a thing as you hit on that, it's like, this is a problem for us in America. And there's a lot of things that we as believers are going to struggle with and do struggle with as people who live here in this country. It's a great place. It's amazing. But the problem is that, in America, we are so self-indulgent. It's always about me, my, mine, right? That's the mindset. I mean, someone once said the fastest growing religion is the worship of myself. And in America, you can feel that, right? And we're constantly fighting for our own rights all the yeah. time. Yeah. And so what better place than for us as believers here in this setting to learn how to sort of set those things aside to recurve our desires and longings for God, not for these things that only are about this world. Well, one thing that's been affecting me, it's been a thought that's been on my mind 
is um, that there is going to come a time where I'm going to be put on trial, so to speak, in front of everyone I know. There is going to be moments in my life where loved ones are going to be lost or tragic things are going to be happened. Things that I want and love are going to be taken away from me, whether they're material, whether they're relational, whether they're whatever. That's how life goes, unfortunately. And those moments can either be miserable, miserable moments, or if I can stand strong, trust God, walk with him, they can be the amount of good you can do in someone else's life because because when something happens and say some a loved one a relative passes like i all eyes are on you people are watching you because they care about you they want to see how you're doing where you're at how you're going to handle this how you're going to act how is this going to affect you and your relationships with all these other people it's like there is this is a moment where the spotlight is dead on you and it is a time when you do not want that light on you whatsoever and you can do a lot of harm and or a lot of good for people at least that's how i feel um and so i know that those moments are going to come i know that that is how life is going to happen and sometimes as somebody who is at least for me in my own personal where i have different goals and dreams and aspirations i'm trying to chase and i'm trying to do different things in my career and stuff that i want and the great thing is, is when I look at my career, I'm like, and the things that I'm trying to attain, I'm like, oh, wow, I could do so much good for God through this. But what if I could do more from him by him taking it away from me or refusing to let me have it or, 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 or making it seem like I'm so close and then yet stuff just starts to fall apart all of a sudden. And maybe he doesn't take it away from me forever. And maybe the things that start to fall apart don't last that way forever. But for the time being, it looks like, oh, this is not going well. Like your everything that you were hoping for and working towards is falling to pieces in front of you, or at least so it seems. And people are going to be watching you. And I have that fear of like, well, am I going to crumble right then? Am I just going to just under the weight of that, just get bitter and angry and like lazy and resentful and be like, well, then I'm not going to do anything. Then if you're just not going to, if you're going to do this to me, God, then I'm not going to hold up my end of the bargain or whatever, you know. And you yeah. could have a moment there where people see that and you can still live with joy and be at complete peace and just show love and kindness to others and have this sense of like even in the midst of everything that's going wrong for you where everyone would be like listen dude like you need to look out for you right now in this to look out for everyone else but yourself that's going to speak volumes that you could never ever show under good circumstances happening in your life and those moments are just going to happen because those are a part of life there's no way around it so it's just why would at least for me i'm like why would i not want to be prepared for that yeah because that's gonna come and i only have one chance to maybe make something out of this so at least this bad seemingly bad moment it doesn't have to just be all bad if i just am miserable and and resentful and then it's all bad it was just a bad thing that happened and it affect and it was just bad through and through there was no good that came of it or at least from what i could see but if i could use that for good and allow god to use that for good through me then at least there's that redeemingness out out of it where i can have that relief like well at least god worked through me through this so it doesn't seem like this whatever may seem is a bad thing at least it wasn't for nothing or whatever you know well i think that hits on you know 
Paul going and strengthening the disciples, and then he says, through many trials and tribulations, we'll enter the kingdom of God. And, you know, it's odd that, you know, you're going to go around, you're strengthening churches, and this is part of what you're saying to them. It's like, how is that so? But it, it is, it, it is in a sense, strengthening them. Like you say, we're going to face those times. They're inevitable. It's a part of life. We're going to go through that. And if you watch the, the movement of the world and its depravity and so on, you can see things coming on the horizon and to realize you're going to face that and then to prepare yourself to respond to it in a godly manner. And I, and I truly believe this, that biblically we can suffer rightly mm-hmm. or we can suffer wrongly. 100%. And I don't think that we talk about that enough in the church because there is a right way to go through this and there is a way in which God can be glorified, like you say, and the fact that you're preparing yourself ahead of time and looking to that is huge. And there are not too many people who have that kind of perspective where they're looking at that and understanding that. But then it goes back to the issue of self and how so often we I have the right to be happy. I have the right to have everything mm-hmm. that I want. But in reality, if God gave us everything we desired, that would be the worst thing the worst he could thing do we could for ever us. Have. The worst yeah. thing he could ever do for us. Hundred percent. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that too. Because if you look back at your life, how I mean, come on. How many times were there things there was like just take a relationship. You know how many people I would I prayed, God, I I really like this girl. I really hope that this works out and and that this person might be the person for me. And then it didn't, and I was sad. And I look back now and I'm like, God, thank you. Because that would have been the biggest mistake of my life. And I'm yep. sure everyone has those experiences. And so. Well, look at any child whose parents don't discipline them and give them everything they want. What do yeah. they look like? And everyone knows what that looks like because they all have someone screaming in an Applebee's. In their life that they know. Throwing yeah. ribs so across it's like, the restaurant. You know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd like to think that we're so far beyond that as adults, but we, we do the exact same things. We we just throw, you know, bigger oh, tantrums no. than they I do. Still, but. I still get rather fussy when I don't get my way, if I'm being honest. <laughs> now, we had a nation full of people who threw a big hissy fit when the elections didn't go the way oh, they wanted. So. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. And it was, it was so great to watch. You know, and it, feel, it feels, it's bad. It's a bad thing, but... To watch one side lose their mind when yeah. one politician won and the other side, look at these idiots just freaking out because their guy law. It's four years, really grow up. And then the next time it comes around, the other side wins and this, that other team does the exact same thing. And it's just like, okay, so you guys all, you guys all are going to throw a little hissy fits about this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's not even like this profound thing of like this thought that I'm having. It's just, it's just I don't feel like getting blindsided by a light. I mean, how many people, we know people, unless you've lived under a rock and you don't know anybody, which if so, good choice of podcast that you guys have picked today um, yep. to be the one influence of people in your life. This is a pretty good influence. I'm <laughs> sure already making great decisions here, but you don't. If you know anybody, you know a tragic story. You've heard a tragic story that has happened. Everyone has them happen. All the time, bad things are happening to people around you. 
So why would you think that you can somehow just kind of bob and weave your way through life and it just, I didn't know, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss all the, all the potholes. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, that's never going to happen. So why, why just set yourself up to be devastated? But, I mean, that's, so that's key. So other than, other than that, do you feel like there are any other reasons uh, for fasting? Or is that kind of a good summation of what the key reasons for why someone would choose to put that burden of fasting upon themselves? Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's another case. Well, you can go all the way back to Old Testament with Esther and that, but I think there's another case in point of when we might fast, and that is if you're trying to ascertain the will of God in something, right? Because if you're if you're fasting, right, you're humbling yourself before God, you're confessing, repenting your sin, mm-hmm. you're seeking to remove any of those barriers, idols that might be in your life, right? Yeah. And then you're seeking God's face, as the Old Testament would put it, right? That you want to know him and to discern his will. And it's interesting because you have that in Acts 13 that they were... They were praying and fasting, and it talks about the fact that they were serving the Lord. This was a crucial time in the life of the church because now the gospel spread into started spreading into Gentile realm. This is where Paul's going to be set apart, and he's going to go off and and start his missionary journeys. And that this was a pivotal time in the life of the church, and this is what we find them doing. And we find a similar, you know, incidences in Acts where doing the same thing. And so, mm. you know, trying to understand God's moving in light of the church in that. It isn't about trying to manipulate God or trying to make him move in a direction you want him to move. It's about yeah. trying to understand what he is doing and where he wants us to move. So, so there are times when we need to do that. For almost an example, it's like if you are coming up and you have an interview with a company or something like that, and you're like, listen, God, I just want to, I want to set aside all of my preconceived notions of what I want and what my quote unquote goals are and what, how I envision my life. I want to set all that aside. I want to just walk into this, try to glorify and honor you with the way I handle myself. Trust that you will either open this door for this job or not. And let me be ready to see where you're leading me next. I want to clear my head. I don't want to be distracted by anything else in this world that, that could possibly get in the way that is when you would use fasting. But going into it being like, okay, I'm going to fast because then maybe God would be more inclined to give me this job. That would be maybe you would categorize that as a misuse of fasting or a misunderstanding of why you're doing it. Yeah. Because now you're seeking your own will in this and you're just trying to God to try and manipulate God into Maybe you'll like me enough. You'll like me a little more if I stop eating for the next couple of days and you'll be like, all right, all right, fine. I wasn't going to give it to you, but now, you know. Yeah, you've prevailed upon me. But it it can be in, like I did that when we were moving up here and and looking to plant a church in that and to build a house and to do all of the stuff. I mean, these were huge decisions. And I I had to stop and just say, Lord, I don't want to, look, I don't want greed to be involved in this, and I don't think that that's where my heart is at all. Hey, I get a house or something like that, and I didn't want my my visions of what I thought could be 
to be the thing that was driving this because I knew that there was so much weighing on. I mean, here I'm moving the whole family up here. This is what we're you know going to invest our time and efforts into in that. And I just didn't want to waste right all of that on the wrong thing on something that was simply just oh, yeah. something that was you know my vision and not god so you know there have been times where just trying to ascertain where god was leading and what he really wanted to happen you know and so therefore i put aside anything that you know and in that putting aside my own selfish desires focuses whatever and and just trying to discern what he wanted me to do so you know that's another way in which you could see the that fasting is, 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 is some people and 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 some people and by some people i also mean me as in that group is like i get afraid to ask i get afraid to really ask like to really yeah. say because we all like to believe at least i like to believe that i for for an example i want get god to 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 change my mind on things when I'm in the wrong. I want God to seek out the whatever's dark inside of me that needs to be brought to light, that needs to be changed, needs to be whatever. But I I feel a reluctancy to say that out loud to him at times. And I'm like, yeah, no, 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 but like I do. Yeah, no, I do. I just don't really want to. I feel weird saying it because I also kind of don't. I also kind of want you to leave me alone. But like, there's nothing scarier that say take your example where you're working on building this church. It's like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Assume that I know what God's goal is for me and just be like, no, 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 I like this. I like the vision that I have now in my head. I, I'd hate to, I'd hate to, you know, start questioning yeah. it too much. And then you spend years dedicating yourself to something that God has not asked you to do that He does not want <laughs> from you. He wants something else from you. It's like, no, 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 no. no I understand. I'm gonna here. To, I'm here to paint your house. No, I'm here to paint your house. I don't, don't, don't. No, I know how to paint. I know how to paint. I'm coming here to paint your house. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually called you over here because I need you to replace my washing machine. So you've been painting the house for five hours, and I don't yeah. need that done. I need this done. But you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You didn't bother to ask. So now you've wasted your time. And you could have had the other job done already. Yeah. And you've done this for nothing. So it's just like, why would you want to run the risk of just wasting time uh, and not just take that time to really, really like, I want to make 100% certain this is where you're guiding me and this is what I should do. Well, and you look at, say, like the Apostle Paul in Acts, right? And he's going to head off to this place, right? And then he's going to go to this place and... And God directs them, but it's like there are times like that where you you think you see God's moving and then you get all excited and you get into it and all of that, but maybe he just did that to get you going, but he really wants you to go over here. Yeah. But he had to get you up and going first, right? Mm -hmm. And you could miss that if you get so caught up in this thing that you think is really what the end game is for God in this and it's really not. You could miss all the signs he's been putting up for you to head in a different direction. And so, you know, just time. There are just times in life where you just say, you know what, I need to, I need to just take the time and really seek his will in this. And and you know, again, just a desire to walk in accord with God, right? To be near him and to be in his will, because at the same time, we know. Like you say, there's suffering and there's always going to come. Even when you, even because you're in the will of God, say for a ministry, he wants you to move somewhere, you move there. It can be so easy for us to think that because I'm in the will of God, everything's going to go perfect. I'm not going to have any problems. 
Yeah. It's not so, right? And so it, it also helps you because when you are there and you know this is where God wants you to be, then whatever comes down the pike, you know it's a part of it, right? And you don't start questioning what's going on because there can be. I mean, and there were moments where you kind of start going, are you sure no one's we're the only ones here on Sunday and no one else is coming to worship with us and we sure are touching a lot of lives you know you could start the question but then you go you know what but the Lord it was clear this is where he wants us and then you look at where you are now and you go okay well and, so and even then, being assured might, of that might, is so helpful you might have those moments where I think it's also good that say that moment does happen. Say you are pressing on in a certain direction. You felt like this is where God's been leading me. And then all of a sudden he bops you over the head with a bit of a curveball, And you're like, oh, whoa, this is a big hiccup in the plans. Like why, like why on earth would you do this? Like this doesn't make any sense. And do you, the question is then, do you want to just, do you really want to know? Because there's probably a reason. Because what if he yeah. wants you to just stop for a second, and this is what needed to happen in order for you to stop for a second, look around and be like, oh, wait a second. I think he wants me to adjust. I think he wants me to still go instead of north. He wants me to go northeast. You know, he wants me to just yeah. go just a little bit off. to. I was just a little off from the target, and this moment right here that caused me to have to pause and think. And I thankfully, I would hope in that moment, you've really been like, okay, God, I'm going to now take some time. I'm going to fast. I'm going to just pray heavily, and I'm just going to be, what do you want? Why is this happening? What do you want me to do now in response to it? Because I trust that you, it's not like you were like, oh, sorry, I forgot about that was coming up. Like he knows he could have let it not happen, whatever thing that you're dealing with. But he allowed it to happen, and he's going to use it for whatever that greater good is. So take it, really, really ask. Ask, what, what is this? Why is this here? Why should I, what should I do now? Because maybe yeah. he just wants a few little ad- minor adjustments. And there's been so many times where I could have become bitter. And there have been many times where I have become bitter. But there are multiple times where I could have been, or I could have been like, wow, God, I just don't get it. And just become annoyed and irritated. And like, why would you do this? Like, this seems so counterintuitive to like what yeah. I was trying to attain. And I thought you were on board with this one. And like, you, you led me to believe that you were on my side. And now you did this. And it's like, okay. Well, he is on your side, but he is mostly on his side. So yeah. his plan is what's going to happen. So do you want to be on his side? Because if you do, then just ask him, okay, now what are we doing? Now where do we go? Take that time to really figure it out and not just, I don't know, become And annoyed. most things are counterintuitive anyway. Oh, yeah. So my, oh, we're so messed yeah. up with our sin and everything that it's like. You should get a little worried if everything is lining up in place too yeah. much because there's something about to happen that's going to be a little bit of a curveball. You should really get we a had that. We had that with the ministry here. We were going to, you know, start it with another couple. And, you know, that we had met overseas in that, and it seemed like everything was heading in that direction for us to do that. But looking back now, it just, you know, God got them moving, but he had a different plan for them. And it was good that, you know, we ended up parting ways. Very good, not, you know, there was nothing, you know, between any of us at all. It's just that God had a different design for Mm. for us as families and that but you know had we just just 
continued to press on now well i've got the vision now i'm going to keep moving ahead with this Mm -hmm. and didn't stop and ask we probably would have had some conflicts down the line but the fact that you know we were willing to stop and sort of reflect on it it's like getting directions off your iphone and it's like well yeah yeah. in a mile and a half you make a right but then you're not at the destination like there's gonna be another instruction that happens next you're yeah. gonna you're expecting the next thing god's not just he's put this thought in your head and it's like oh that's it i've seen the vision i've seen the vision for what exactly is going to happen in the next 20 years why on earth would you think because i think that way i believe and i don't know why i would think that i have it all figured out now me now in 2023 we in 2023 right yeah it's 2023 yeah <sighs> sorry guys that's embarrassing i'm I have just so much biblical knowledge in my head. I forget at times what year it is. I'm so not tethered to this world. This world is not my home. I'm not playing with the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm living for eternity. There is no such thing as time. Um, nice recovery. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I bobbled Pension it for Maloney, a second, but, but nice I think, no, 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 no. I think I got it. I got it under me. <laughs> so above all of you. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was what I was even saying. Oh yeah, why would you think you have it all figured out? Yeah. I think, and that's another thing that's dangerous is where, and this is a little bit off of fasting, but this is kind of a, but like, I, I'm someone who likes to daydream a bunch, and my whole life I really like to just I could just sit alone and just think. And I like to just think, and I like to let my mind wander. And there's, I think, to some extent, there's nothing wrong with that. Thinking is great. Praying is better. Um, and you can have visions of things that you would like to do. I have things where I'm like, I, this is a good idea. This is seemingly right now where I stand. This is a good idea, and I would like to do that at some point if God allows that to happen. But you can get caught up in this weird daydream world where you've concocted exactly what you think it's going to look like, exactly how it's going to play out. And you're trying to put the puzzle pieces together. Oh, this is happening here and this is happening there. So that means that five years from now, this should happen. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why, where? You have to take so many leaps, so many leaps. You have to take hundreds and hundreds of days worth of leaps to, to think that you have it all figured out for years down the line. And I feel like I have the dangerous of the ability to become like attached to these ideas that I've concocted in my head. And I'm like, I'm just setting myself up for unbelievable disappointment and disappointment when I shouldn't be disappointed because God's going to use me for if I if I am willing to let God use me, he's going to do. He knows the greatest things I could accomplish and not the greatest things by man's standard, but the greatest things by his standard. What does yeah. what is the most valuable thing I could do for him on Earth? And maybe it doesn't look like the visions of grandeur I have now. And I could be so crushed when the vi- the version of it doesn't look like the version I had in my head. And I could be missing out on the most amazing experience because I'm just going to be, I'm going to throw a little uh, pouting fit in the corner because I'm like, well, this is not how I imagine it. And I thought yeah. I thought it was going to be like, and you said it was going to be like this. And he's like, I didn't say anything. You, you drew the picture <laughs> for yourself. I just said that you should pursue this. See where I take you next. But it's dangerous. So the prince the principle is don't get ahead of yourself and definitely don't get ahead of God. No. no. Yeah, because no. you can miss what he's got for you. But it so anecdote 
someone that we know well, they were using a GPS coming from the city, the airport, and that heading back home. So they decided to use GPS going to the airport, and they're going to pick somebody up, and then they're going to bring them back to their place. So they use the GPS. They're going out there. They decide then in the middle of this, no, this doesn't seem right. I'm just going to take over from here on out. <laughs> Cutting across, you know, long story short, the moral of the story for them was, look, if you're going to use the GPS, then just use it and follow it. Then commit, the to, way, the, commit to the right? bit. Commit to the bit. Yeah. Just let it lead you and let it take you where it's going to take you. We do this with God. He's got a plan. We know he does. He takes us, right? He starts moving us. We look and think we got to figure it out. And we're going to ignore then all the signs to turn here and go this way and go that way. Oh, no, no, I've got it now. And mm-hmm. then we find ourselves lost, turned around and confused. And we just look, either he's going to lead or he's not. Right? If you ever but catch yourself at a point, if you ever find yourself <laughs> saying, oh, I've got it. I've got it now. Never mind God. Never. I got it. Yeah. I figured it out. You're probably about to make some poor, poor directional <laughs> yeah. decisions. About to take a few wrong turns. Which is so to tie this whole thing uh, back to fasting is that's a great way to not get ahead of yourself. To not get ahead of God is to be like, okay, yeah. I need to. I need to. I've been getting a little bit too caught up in what I think the vision is. I need to slow down. Yeah. I need to remove these things that have been clouding my, and maybe fasting is like whatever your, your, your project is, your love, the thing that you're pursuing. Maybe it's that, like I love making music and maybe I get to a point where I become so consumed with the vision that I'm trying to pursue the thing I'm trying to attain that I've started to let it become an idol for me and I've let it to take mm-hmm. the passenger seat and I'll do anything to get this vision, this way that I've designed it, that I, in my head, I've concocted it up to look like this and this is what I'm after. And yeah. you need to take that moment and be like, all right, maybe I need to take a break from this. I need to take a break from the thing that I love. Even though that seems so counterintuitive to, well, but I'm but I'm supposed to be attaining this goal, so why would I stop? And I'm and I'm attaining this goal so that I can glorify God with it. So now I'm stopping my process of being able to do the thing that I'll glorify God with. And it's like, well, you should probably make sure that what you're doing is glorifying to God. And the best way to do that is to just stop and ask him and really listen. And don't and that's the thing is listening like I feel like the more that you are in tune with God and your walk with him is good, his voice is loud. And sometimes yeah. and not this is no disrespect to God, but very uh, almost annoyingly loud. Because there are times when I really wish I could just be like, I honestly I don't know what he's telling me to do. I really can't hear what he's asking of me right now. It's kind of muddled and so and it's just unfortunately really clear and it's just something I don't want to do. But yeah. when you're in that place, it's very obvious. But it's so easy to become super distracted and super consumed with all of your other feelings of like, oh, I feel hungry, I feel thirsty, I feel this, I feel bored, I feel tired, I feel whatever, you know. And you're so you're into you're all you're hearing all day are these other feelings that are fighting for number one spot that you can get lost in knowing what the voice of God is, and yeah. so. To take that second in the midst of your plans, in the midst of whatever you think you're pursuing, like I need to stop, I need to slow down, I need to take some time, fast, pray, make sure, am I on the right track? Is this what you want from me? And if not, what should I be doing? And if so, how should I go about it to make sure that it stays glorifying to you? 
And if we can tie it into the issue of of sin and grieving over it, I mean, a good part of it, even if you're seeking to ascertain the will of God is taking time to confess your sin and repent, you know, for those things in your life that you know that are there because you don't want anything to interfere with, you know, any way that he might direct you through that. Because there are times, too, where I want to move, I want to move on to the next thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. I know that you, that you, you, you know what you did, but I need you to yeah. understand why what you did was wrong. I need you to understand yeah. what you should have done right. And there'll be times where I start to pray about something else, and I, I just like it's just not there. Like I, he, it doesn't. Something is jamming it, and it's really hard to explain that feeling to someone else who doesn't, hasn't had that experience of the difference between feeling heard by God and feeling like something is keeping for some reason something is fogging up the signal and there yeah. are times when I'm like I don't know what it is and then and then I just I I re kind of confess or or really take the moment to truly truly confess what I did back you know God what I did back there that was I'm this and talk through it with him maybe take you know 30 minutes an hour however long it takes just talk it out because maybe I just had a split ah oh, sorry God I shouldn't have done that and then just try to move on. But like maybe you yeah. need more time because he needs you to learn something from this. He doesn't want you to just acknowledge that what it was was wrong, but there's something deeper that you need to learn to help you better yourself the next time this moment comes around. And that could be just getting in your way to be able to 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 move on to whatever he needs you to do next. Yeah. I mean that's really what a lot of the songs do, right? Just wrestling with those things that get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're sitting here. We're sitting nice and pretty at about an hour. And um, I want to, because I, I know that prayer, it's so hand in hand with fasting. And I think that that will be the next thing that we're starting to go into as far as I can tell is is about not only just when you're fasting because I guess the main reason for fasting is to pray. Like, would you say yeah. that would be the main purpose is to commune with God? Yeah, I mean, it seems like most of the connections in the context are with prayer. And so obviously there's a, clear connection between those two but i also think we can talk about faith and fasting along with that well which is very interesting like if you that's just how relationships are like you may you may be at a a place like i don't know you're married and you're going out on your date night with your wife and you guys go out to a restaurant and you maybe go out and go have an activity or do something else or whatever, you know? And, like, that's great. That's fun. Or you guys are going shopping. You're just talking and chatting as you guys are living your regular life, doing regular household things, whatever you guys do. I don't know. I'm not married. But there are 100% points where the two of you need to just sit down face-to-face and do nothing else but just talk. Yeah. And there are conversations that need to be had that there it can't be done in a restaurant. 
It can't be done while you're maybe maybe on a walk or something like that. But still, like it needs to just be. We are we are spending our time literally just to talk because we have things we need to talk through. Maybe they're not yeah. even bad things. Maybe it's not like there's an issue, but it's just we need to catch up. We need to really make sure that we're aligned because maybe there's stuff coming up, you know, that that we need to make sure that we're all 100% on the same page so that when we walk into it, we're not blindsided by either of our decisions because we know ahead of time this is where both of us are at, this is how both of us feel, whatever. So every relationship has that where you can't, you can't live off these little fleeting moments of conversation. You need to have these focused times of conversation. You need to have these times where you set aside every other distraction. It's we are here for however much time this takes to just talk and, and figure out, get on the same page with each other. Yeah. So if you do that in a physical person to person relationship, it's just like, well, that's, it's why wouldn't you bring that over right into the other? So, um, well, unless you have anything particular that's particularly fasting related that you think that we should get have said on this episode that we can talk about, then I'm cool with take stopping the episode here and then we'll pick up next week talking more about prayer, how to pray, um, what yeah, to say, next, how to listen. The next steps are rather heavy. I don't know that we would... We'll just leave that as a teaser for next time. Yeah, that, that's I know that that's that's going to be a full hour, hour and a half, if two hours maybe, or whatever. We'll, I'm sure we'll break okay. that up into two, three episodes or whatever as well. So, so it, do you have anything particular though you would like to add for this episode to kind of not fully button up fasting because it's still going to be a part of what we're talking about, but maybe that's more. Um, I don't know anything that you would like to say on it now. Uh, yeah, well, I would just end with saying this, that don't, there's two mistakes that we can make. One, Tertullian did, he he tried to, to make it such a binding ordinance that he imposed it on Scripture. So he went all the way back to Genesis and to the Garden of Eden where God says you can eat of these trees but not this one. He took that as a creation ordinance binding for everyone that there should be fasting. I, that's him imposing that on the text. I just could yeah, not. Yeah, it seems go like he had to take a lot of all. loopholes to make that happen. But at the same time, I would just say though, even though it isn't directly commanded, like I say, the way that Christ handled it is he affirmed the place of it, the importance of it, and all of that. But at the same time, yeah, we're not given the direct command, but right. It is something that I think should be a part of our life and our spiritual growth in that. And when one understands it and, and grasps that, they'll see a place for it because they'll realize that, that people do it anyway. I mean, I just was counseling with someone, and they did something sinful, and their immediate response was they just couldn't eat and didn't eat mm. all the next day after mm. it happened. But there is a sense in which we know, look, man, this is so grievous that you just can't even find yourself being willing to partake of the things that are necessity for life yeah. because you realize there's something far more important than that. How can that not be a good place for us to be? Right? How how can that not be a great place for us to be spiritually is recognizing that there's something greater than the flesh and blood and the, the physical things of this world. 
So, you know, like I say, just I pray that people won't just push it aside and not give it some serious thought and contemplation for their life and walk with the Lord. Well, not to say, not to make any blanket statements, but I would say that if you are at a place where you are at the end of this episode, you're like, oof, sweet, what a relief. I was afraid that we were going to have to do this whole fasting thing. And thank goodness that that is not on the books. I'm not going to have to be doing that because that just doesn't seem like a thing that I, it's just not me. You know, it's just not me. And maybe it's something for someone else. It's just not me. Then I would just take a second, really question where your priorities are, because I think that we, I mean, it should, we get so caught in the physical, we get so lost in the physical world, the physical needs, the physical wants, the physical, this, I mean, so many people that are talking about like, I mean, the fact that the, when it's it, not to no shot on me when it's putting money away and that's wise, being wise with your money is great. And, and having, yeah. and to be able to retire and have retirement is great. That's cool. That's awesome. But when people are so focused on the retirement and the setting aside this and to making sure these things are all straightened up and I'm like, and, and they're believers. And I'm just like, but like, for what though? Like you only got like yeah. a couple of couple more years and then like then you're really retired and like that's that's <laughs> the that's the whole thing right there that's what we're working for so like i don't understand why this is i mean sure it's nice if it happens cool if it's if you're allowed it and if you make enough money to be able to set that money aside to do that great do that but i the question think is that, what what future that are you living for you know well yeah and and that's just you would i would i would hope that people I think uh, I've been reading a book, and by whenever I say reading a book, just assume I mean listening to it on Audible. Um, but I'm going to say reading a book because it makes I feel better. Um, somebody's reading it. <laughs> someone's reading a book. Someone's reading yeah, me a book. To me, someone's reading it, <laughs> and um, they're doing a great job. They're so literate, and I've been listening. And it's um, the Unseen Realm by Doctor Michael Heiser. I want to say. I don't know if you're familiar with the man. Mm. Do you, are you familiar? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a great book so far. Very good. Um, and uh, it's very interesting. It's a great read and listen. I'd recommend listening and reading it. Um, but it's it's it really is interesting. I I feel like I forget how we are spiritual beings living in a in a world full of spiritual things like there's a spiritual yeah. realm there are angels demons there is like i i forget that i forget that yeah. so much i get so caught up in like my biggest battle is like not getting angry at the guy in front of me on my commute to work and it's like dude there are <laughs> there are there are bigger things at play here that are not yeah. this and like you <laughs> yeah. get so caught up in the material and the physical and so I would just say that if you are a believer and if you are trying to live with a, um, in um, a spiritual and an eternal mindset, which I know the things that are thrown around, phrases that are thrown around a lot, but like if that is your goal and you are focused on eternity in heaven, you are focused on attaining on work. Like I want to do the most I can possibly do while I'm here on earth. Because I only have a short amount of time, and after this, I have eternity with God, and that is what I'm working towards. Then, to grasp the spiritual and to be closer and more in tune and more in touch with the spiritual is is 
the greatest possible goal and aspiration you will ever take on for yourself. And it does seem like fasting is such an amazing thing for just speeding up that process in certain ways of being able to let go of the physical, let go of distraction and, and be able to pursue the spiritual without anything else fogging up your vision. And so, you know, if, if that's your overall goal, then fasting is, it's something that I, as much as it's not the most enjoyable thing in the world, I know that I have to make it a part of my life because yeah, I, I just know I'd be missing out on so much if I did. Yep, for sure. But, um, yeah. Well, in that note, guys, you know, listen, I, um, I hope that you guys take what we say and apply it to your own life. And don't fast podcast, please. Please, like, if there's anything, don't give up the podcast. The podcast is good. It is it is doing good for you. And if you don't even believe that, believe it because it's doing good for you. I want you to know that. So give up all that you need to give up. Fast what you need to fast. But please, keep listening to the podcast. And remember, folks. <laughs> a desperate plea. <laughs> This is your line. <laughs> you gotta help us. Because <laughs> we need it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.